This is a honky-tonk man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Hey, everybody, this is Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. You are listening to... And you're listening to The Wrestler Review. Priceless. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Fucking Wrestler Review, John. Fuck you. Oh, what are we doing I've... this week, Johnny Boy? Ooh, the the oh the winds are getting rough around here. That's probably because the typhoon's oh, wow. in town. Uh oh, nice. It's, li- it's like a hurricane, only less dynamic and fat. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about and Fred Ottman. There's a tugboat that fell over. Yeah, and be careful. There's a a man who just listens to Dusty Rhodes. He's the Shockmaster, and also inexplicably the Super oh, Shockmaster. Moments later, I can't wait till we get to the Shockmaster because the tradition from what the fuck were they thinking? Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we needed a tonic for Dick Murdoch last week's episode, which was mostly just like, <laughs> I don't like black people and also work is hard. Um, so now yeah. we are going to discuss um, man who gets profession, does it until he can't do it anymore, and now goes to comic book conventions and is a great man. You know what the thing is? Yeah, he gets you. Know what he does that no, you know what he does that actually I would say only female wrestlers have ever done. He uses condoms. Just the time is done, <laughs> and then he stops wrestling. He uses condoms. Yes, I agree. He bags up, and also he knows when his time is done. Yeah, Much like the typhoon, he's always bagging. He up. knows when the sun is shining, and it's time to head to the beach and uh, turn that white into brown. I'm talking about his skin what? getting a tan. Oh, okay. I thought you meant he had, did cocaine and then he had one of those weird coke shits. I never got those. I would my let's just say when I did my cocaine research, it was horrible. I would, I would just cry in a shower. I don't. Oh, uh, I've been really? really. I've been eating real healthy and like working out every day since I've been yeah. in Australia. Oh yeah, you are. And uh, yeah, I am. And Dylan, of course, has given up drinking. Let me say, the wrestler review has really turned it around. It's something about not living in Britain anymore, where we're both like, oh, <laughs> aren't we happy? Oh, yeah, what's that? You're in, I'm in cold Australia, and you're in warm Canada. Yeah, I'm in, yeah. I'm in, I mean, I'm in what country, I, where it's like, yeah. I, I'm in what I like to refer to as, uh, affectionately as a racist Canada, which is Australia. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, no, that and that, that. By the way, Canadians listening are going, "What? No, we're pretty racist." And yeah, you are. You sh- you sure are, guys. Um, but you don't just you don't just say it. You just mm. don't. You know what I mean? Like Australians, when it comes, they're usually very nice people, and this is generalizing, but who cares? Uh, yeah. they're usually very nice people, but then when it comes to the subject of race, they're borderline like Aspergery. Well, they go. Or they just way. say a thing, and then you're like, "What are you talking about?" Well, it's either they like, are what? like that's they how are it is, incredibly <laughs> inclusive and incredibly open, and are great, or it goes the other way, and it's just like. Well, say what you want about uh, science, but everyone knows that the Jews' head is smaller than ours because they have tiny penises and devil feet. (laughs) Yeah. You can't disprove Uh, that. Can you do an Australian accent, or should I try one? Good day. I'm from Bing Bong Bong. There you go. There you go. Good day, mate. Here's a little fun thing for you. I'll measure your skulls. See how smart your race is. Was that English? Uh, I feel like I just hit English. uh, What's weird is the my the best Australian accent I can do is something that was said to Dylan, which is "Come on me tits, <laughs> wank on me tits." <laughs> was it "wank on me tits"? Wank on Come me on, tits. Come on, love, love, wank on me tits. She didn't say love. 
It was wank on me tits. Oh, this is the best. Like, I'm not. I can't do anything. Um, so <laughs> the story behind that was Dylan was um, he was giving the old tugboat to a typhoon gal, if you know what I'm saying. And uh, there she, you go. And Even the uh, old shockmaster. And she wanted him to shockmaster on his tits. Her, her tits. Dylan's come on his tits before. <laughs> That's really um, good stuff. Let's talk, master. let's talk about Fred Ottman. Fuck me, do I like this. I want to buy this man what I assume is two club sandwiches. Like, there is no way this guy eats one club sandwich. <laughs> you know what the best thing about Fred Ottman is? Is he's still alive? Exactly the same. Exactly oh. the same. He just has gray hair, and he's just a he's just a large man living his goddamn life, isn't he? This is a point that actually has been made by Jim Ross and Jim Cornette, which is... Um, making all the wrestlers, instead of moving away from like sort of natural size and guys who could be muscular because of genetic heritage, being muscular, pardon me, and then other Go guys it, who baby. are just kind of doughy, you just work around it, means that they have more longevity in the ring. Instead of everyone having yep. steroids in their career being 10 years and then they all just die. Like Fred Ottman was a wrestler for, you know, 15 years and then he stopped and he's fine. Like he has health problems, but that's because he weighs yep. 400 pounds and I am sure. Like, I guarantee Fred Ottman has had a day where he's eaten pizza for every meal, and he justifies it because it was different topping. In the Wrestler Review tradition of shaming a man's body, you can also tell Fred Ottman shouldn't be this fat. Not that I'm saying anyone should be, but you can just tell he shouldn't be because he has one of those bodies where his arms are huge and his belly is huge, but his legs, for how big his upper body is, oh, yeah, are so small. They're deedle-deedle-deedle. They go, deedle Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of... Also, by the way, Dylan, we're not Such shaming. We're not out of the fat. We're not shaming no, his shame. body. We're not shaming it. We're pointing out what's wrong with it because we're superior. We'll see Fred Ottman at some point. You'll call him fat, and then I'll just say shame, and then they'll do the Game of Thrones thing where he has to walk naked mm-hmm. while we throw tomatoes at him and go shame. But by tomato, shame. by tomato, shame. you mean we'll be jacking it because I'm into that. No, we'll throw tomatoes at him. And he'll probably fucking pride and put sugar on it and eat it, fatty. <laughs> I'm fat too. Um, not as fat as you once were. Really, <laughs> do not do that laugh. Do not do that fucking repulled man laugh. That laugh is the shockmaster of this podcast. Unnecessary. What? It's great. No. The shockmaster is good. Can I tell you uh, where was Fred Ottman born? You think, John? Uh, it really depends. It's either Virginia or Florida or Miami. Either way, that man, like he grew up in weird places. Norfolk, Virginia, or Miami, Florida. That guy went to school with a kid who was like, I don't know how to read, but that's cool because my dad says I'm going to push pills. <laughs> I just, I, I hope, so he says himself he was born in Miami. There could, you couldn't look less like you're from Miami than yeah, Fred Ottman. That man, he, but the thing with Miami that everyone forgets is I guess Miami, he's one part but of Miami. Miami portrays itself like it's on the West Coast. Like everyone's like, oh, it's Miami. Super cool, progressive Miami. It's in Florida. It's on the East Coast. And Miami is like, it's the big beach. It's the big city of Florida. And Florida is a, it's one of those weird places where it's like, because it's sunny and hot, people assume that it's very progressive, but it's where old people go to die and where everyone else goes to murder alligators and sell Oxycontin. Like, yes. Miami only became built up in the 80s because all those drug smugglers went there, put their money in various banks, and then all got arrested or killed. So the banks just took the money and then invested in property and built up Miami. So it had this like 15 years where it had like this, like just essentially an extra 
couple of billion dollars dumped all over the city. It's the only yeah, and uh, it was the only city in yeah, the world Miami. that had five Rolex outlets. Five outlets so for Rolex. Oh, you can't afford so, a actual Rolex? Don't worry. There's one of our five outlet locations. Yeah, apparently if Miami had a flag, I know that's from talking to a couple of people who live there, it would just be uh, a recently divorced silver fox guy on a boat with a woman with a fake butt. Like, that's Miami. Welcome to Miami. A guy being like, I can afford this yacht because, because Cheryl's a cunt. Yeah. Leave me, will you? I don't even want to see the kids. It was also. <laughs> I yeah, told the judge, no, no kids. It was. Um. It was also uh, like a nice haven for the mafia because they also wanted to get out of the snow. There's a possibility that his father was an enforcer for Santo Traficante, um, and was the driver for yeah. Henry Hill putting that guy over the tiger cage. No one knows if it's true or not. Fred Ottman hasn't really commented on it, which makes me believe it's either true or he's like. That's a good story. I'm not going to mention it. Now I'll go back to selling Star Wars figures at a comic book convention and being a good man. <laughs> well, the other thing is, like, he, um, yeah, people think Miami only got weird with, like, the Scarface era, early 80s coke trade. But, yeah, no, it was no, always no. weird. It was always a haven for the mob, like you said. It got weirder for a bit, and then it just went back to being weird. That's like terrifying. It's- it's just a bizarre, crazy play. It's like a swingers party where a guy shows up in a gimp mask. You're like, <laughs> why did it have to get weirder? I'm going to explain this about uh, Miami. They had to install a special highway that takes people immediately from the airport to the city because a bunch of local criminals kept figuring out, oh, I know what we can do. We can just wait by the side of the road. And as people leave the airport, we just beat them up and steal their luggage. And it happened so much that the city was like, we'll just build a fucking highway. Wow. Yeah, what a piece of shit. Hey, Florida, hot, hot, hot everyone kill yourself. Have more crime. Everyone kill yourself? No, John, don't. Yeah, everyone, except Fred Ottman. Fred Ottman, you're cool with me. Except the fact that you got broken Every- into the, he got broken into the business using uh, by the fabulous kangaroos. What's the billsness? What's uh, the billsness? Uh, the billsness? It's what I call the wrestling business. Oh, yeah, what's the billsness? Because you're, you got to be big like a buffalo bill. I'm sorry. Because you're speaking carny now? Let's speak carny. Yeah. What I just said there was... The pro- yeah. it's I Sometimes wrestling is so fucking stupid where it's like, we need a special language. Or you just talk quietly. Have you thought about talking quietly, you fucking idiots? <laughs> no. Or the fact that no one's really paying attention to your what you're saying, the warlord. Like, no one cares. Okay, <laughs> Fabian. Look at the warlord. Yeah. The only reason they needed kayfabe is because Jim Cornette got into the business, and he and this is a whisper to him. He fucking kayfabe and be believe 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 Yeah. Oh, we need to come up with a new language. Everyone heard Jim Cornette yell at the Rock and Roll Express. He fucking cunts is supposed to be a double A drive. You cunts. He should. I'm gonna dress up like a pig, and you're gonna treat me like a woman, Robert. Yeah. Listen to me, Fred Ottman. I want you to sit on my butt. I like the pressure on my dick. Yeah. I like that dick pressure. I want my dick is supposed to be like mince fucking meat. Mush my dick into pudding, Altman. You fucking piece of shit. Listen up, Altman. I respect your father because he scares me. But show me a photo of a dead body so I can come. <laughs> uh, he was trained by the great Malenko, Boris Malenko. Here's something terrifying. 
So he trained for a bit, and then he was introduced to Carl Gotch, and he knew who Carl Gotch was. Um, and then Carl Gotch basically ran the shit out of him um, and made him do a bunch of exercises until he vomed all over his lawn. It must have been weird being introduced to someone, and then you knew you were going to have a bad month. Oh, that's interesting, because I thought he got broken into the business by the fabulous kangaroos, and why I bring that up is the fabulous kangaroos make Dick Murdoch look like someone who worked for the N- uh, NAACP. Famously, anytime, <laughs> anytime they saw a black guy on a bridge, they would get out of their car and throw him off the bridge, apparently. I fucking hate wrestling. What? Yes, you heard me. That's from Jerry the King Lawler's book, which I read in university, which is a real irony. And uh, the fabulous kangaroos. <laughs> yeah. Just when you're out of his fuck range. Yeah, yeah, as soon as I got out of his fuck range, I needed to warn the others, so I read his book. Uh, the cat. I'm beginning to doubt you were, you were younger than me in the WWF. And then Vince found out and was like, nice. <laughs> yeah. Jerry, Ooh, that's, so, yeah. that's so good. I want her fired so she's out in society so I can hunt her like a cat. What? Uh, I'm leaving to protect her. Paul, you had a great idea for NXT to get up-and-coming wrestlers. I want NXT for pussy. <laughs> I'm going to call it Stephanie School for pussy. I'm not good at names. <laughs> oh, you know, I guarantee we, if the Attitude Era had continued to be successful, we were probably two years away from that. In like 2002, they would have just had <laughs> pussy school. Yeah. Well, I mean, they were pretty close, man. I've said it. Uh, before on the show but one of the scariest things I've heard is how they discovered quote unquote Kelly Kelly was that Johnny Ace was just at a nightclub saw Kelly Kelly and was like you look good but I want you on the TV cause uh, ass makes me go white you know my you know that sock thing at the front of your body mine's filled with blood <laughs> Speaking of filling so, things with blood, he meets Carl Gotch. Now, nice. Carl Gotch, you hit it in fucking one. Oh, I want to say this quickly, but okay, the, hit it. The fat, no, the fat was kangaroos is it's the classic thing where wrestlers see a huge man working out and they're like, "You should be in wrestling," which I don't think happens any. Imagine yeah. Seth Rollins seeing a big guy at a gym, be like, "You want a wrestling?" And the guy, would yeah, be Seth like, Rollins, yeah, no. probably walks up to them and is like. Uh, hey, uh, I know you're thinking, you're thinking he's got a thin dick. I do. My real name's Colby. Is it? Is his real Co- name? Lopez, something Lopez. George Lopez is his real name. Oh, yeah, he's George, George Lopez. Lopez. I forget that that's what George Lopez did after his sitcom was he had some surgery and now he's Seth Rollins. Um, the other thing to also remember <laughs> is Fred Altman is starting in Florida. Like he's he's a He grew up watching Florida wrestling. He loves Florida. And this is... Florida wrestling was a par- it was the premier territory. It was the biggest one. It had the most cities. It had the best talent. It was run by Eddie Graham. Eddie Graham arguably was the best booker. He was advisor to Vince McMahon Sr. Um, he his proteges include Kevin Sullivan and Dusty Rhodes, who had some very good booking ideas and some fucking horrendous ones. Uh, Eddie Graham's yes. son Mike famously said to Chris Benoit after Chris Benoit uh, stole Kevin Sullivan's wife. I'll cut your fucking head off and put it on my front lawn for kids to throw rocks at. Um, Mike Graham, by the way, was then uh, chastised by WCW uh, Human Resources, and he got away with it by saying, I didn't say that to him. Chris is lying. And they were like, well, it's it's, uh, someone's word against the other. No way to figure this one out. All right. See you later. Listen, Mike Graham, by the way, later threaten eventual murderer. 
Well, Mike Graham technically is a murderer because he he murdered himself. So, hey, what are you going to do? Well, yeah, I mentioned it before. Once again, replays. But Mike Graham also would just get the shooter in the territory to beat up the new guys and then just watch. I'm assuming naked <laughs> and covered in some weird, like, butter and jam. Yeah. Also, I'm a sandwich. I'm a little sandwich. Ooh, I'm the Take peanut butter. I'm the peanut butter in your breakfast and Billy Robinson's the bread. <laughs> I put some peanut butter on my banana. Mm. Why don't you lick it off like a dog? There's jam on my butt. Terry likes it. That's what I call Hulk Hogan because I'm his friend. I call him now Terry. I train my dogs. I train my dogs to suck dick, and that's no euphemism. Oh my! What would that be a euphemism for? <laughs> I don't know. The other ones were veiled ones. He just came out and said that one. No, no, it's true. He covered himself in peanut butter, and then Billy Robinson would hug him. Um, do you have? <laughs> do you have any toothless dogs, or do I gotta make it toothless? Oh God, damn it! I use this wo- this dog. Take it back to the pound. <laughs> um. Fred Upman's, Fred Upman's training went very well. My favorite part is he threw up on a lawn at one point, which I just love. That he just yeah. he, the training was good, but I kept throwing up, and I was like, "God bless you, Fred Upman. You're probably going to Wendy's every day." Um, <laughs> and he basically, I mean, after his training, he becomes your typical territory big man. Goes from territory to territory. Is a big guy. Is used to get over a babyface and or intimidate an already over babyface. Um, he's also surrounded by some fucking winners. Like he gets, he's one of those. You know, we've talked about a lot of wrestlers on this program that really fucking drew the short end of the stick. That is not the story of Fred Ottman. Fred Ottman gets, you know, he's surrounded by the great Malenko. He's far away from Mike Graham. Dusty Rhodes fucking loves him. And this is the time to be a territory big man because you can basically Dusty Rhodes is taking power in the NWA. The AWA is still going on, and Memphis and various other territories are still really strong. So you can bop around, show up, just be known as like big, big dude, fucking avalanche two people, and you'll fight Jerry Lawler. Make a you know you'll make six figures a year, and like you'll also get to hang out with the boogie woogie man Johnny Valiant. So what the fuck is not to love? <laughs> well, that's the whole thing, right? And uh, let's run through some of the amazing territory nicknames that this guy had. Because he comes in as the Mighty Seafried, right? Ugh. He's also known as the Terminator, uh, U.S. Steel, Superstar Bubba, Siegfried the Giant. That's also the Mighty Siegfried, Siegfried the Giant. Isn't he also um, briefly also just called Big Bubba as well, which you can clearly tell was Dusty Big being Bubba. like, Hey, baby, you're going to be Big Bubba. Okay, oh, you'll be Bubba. What do you mean, Uncle Fred is gone? What are we going to do? Okay. <laughs> you go be Big Bubba now. You be Bubba. You're the only one I love you, Big Bubba. Yeah, and he wrestles in 88 around there against... Um, What's his name? Uh, against Billy Jack Haynes, which must have been an amazing pre-show match. Where it's like, hey, uh, nice man to weird man. Hey, what are we going to do in the match tonight? Uh, well, the UFOs will probably get us before it starts, so why even plan it? You punch me, I'll fuck me, and then the aliens will come and probe us until we're nothing. He was Hercules Haggerty? It was basically like 
classic. Uh, here's a intimidating name and an alliteration. Get the fuck out there. You're big. That's your whole thing. Yeah, well, but he was super intimidating. And he was a good worker. Like, he could fucking... He could do a drop kick. Like, he's not... That's the thing I think that I uh, definitely, watching his matches back, forgot about this guy, is that he's, like, for the 80s, he's a super athletic worker. He's not, like, Vader style or not, like, uh, Bam Bam. He's not super athletic, but he's, like, he can do a drop kick and he moves well. Like, he can't really work, but, like, that's just 80s wrestling, you know? Well, he's also... He's a fascinating guy in that you can see that he adapts his style very quickly. The drop kick goes away... When he realizes he doesn't need it to make it over in the WWF, um, it becomes more power moves. Yeah. It becomes more running. He's also one of the very few guys where there was a lot of yelling, which I, it sounds really strange, but there was a lot of like, ah, which actually really helps because it's like, oh, this yeah. big, mean, fat bastard's going to really sit on someone's throat. Um, he tours a lot around the territories, gets offered WWF or WCW. Ah. Alexa, go WWF. Bye. Oh, I don't know. Bye. Bye. Oh, I'm sorry. By who? By who, Dylan? Tell me who. Mike Graham, Steve Kearns, and Gordon Soley. Oh, they offer. They offer him WCW. WCW. Oh God! Imagine the the smell of that room. Mike Graham's fucking. Oh fa- my God. Fake Tanner and Gordon Soley. Gordon Soley is such a drunk. No, like. It's weird. Everyone's the greatest announcer of all time. I don't see it. All I see is a man who looks like cigarettes, um, whose wife was named Smokey for some and, fucking reason. Yeah, <laughs> well, because he's probably he married a cigarette legally. Yeah, he legally married a pack of Marlboros, no filter. <laughs> uh, here's a here's a here's a little match we got for you. This appears to be a fridge with a beard on it. Uh, Mike's naked and he's bought a bunch of dogs, and I want to leave. You know that Gordon Soley comment. I forgot how to talk to people. I just commentate my own life now. You know that Gordon Soley very openly claimed that the NFL was rigged and he knew people who did it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if one thing is fake, then it- but like, I hate talking to those people where everything is fake. Like everything is fake. Like all oh, this is rigged, that is rigged. It's like no, it's not. You're no, just not. If this doesn't happen, they make a prediction. It doesn't happen, so it's rigged. Like fuck off. You don't know everything. Well, it's like conspiracy Take theories. That. People who are always like, "Well, if this is a conspiracy, yeah. everything is a conspiracy." No, it's not. There's like a few conspiracy theories that are true, but most of them are actually fuck ups. Like when they're like, "The Gulf of Tom Kin was orchestrated so we'd get into the Vietnam War." That's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is. The dumb, dumb military believed a dumb, dumb private who doesn't know the difference between a missile and a fucking porpoise, you dumb dumbs. And also, most conspiracies are just financial or, like, so boring. They're all out there. They're just so boring. Yeah. It's like, oh, interest rates were calculated, and they would round off the percent regardless if it rounded up to seven or down to six. They would just take that decimal of decimal and put it in this weird account so that the VP could have a summer home. Like, that's a conspiracy. Yeah. Not like, yeah. So, take Here's a that, conspiracy theory. We this podcast, it. it's it's intended to make you Ooh. think Dylan's got a penis, but he doesn't. He's just got a space. I, I have four dicks. It's like an udder. I have an udder of dicks. That's why they call me the cowboy, because I'm a boy and I got as many dicks as a cat. So, Fred Ottman, everybody. <laughs> No, he. Uh, so here's some here's some territory highlights. He worked in the CWA. Um, he worked in the CWA in '86, '87. He did a yeah. He uh, of course fought the kid fucker. Um, 
he was talking. I just like I like by the way that rooms we've we've gone from hinting at Jerry Lawler's taste to he's just the kid fucker now. There has to be an evolution to everything. That's true. I agree with Listen, it. Listen, the f- the first season of the American Office, J- Jim and Pam just flirted, and then by the fourth season they were together. I mean that's the evolution of this podcast. Yeah, they they were Us. the they were the people fuckers. He's the kid fucker. I dig it. <laughs> Um, he took about eight months off, and then this is how you know wrestling, the wrestling business, is doing very well, is that people actually reached out to convince him back to keep wrestling again. If someone took eight months off now, they'd just be like, yeah, man, well, I guess you're not wrestling anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's how, like, people talk about, like, how Hulk Hogan, this is what it, I don't, I never really understood about the 80s. Um, wrestling thing was they talk about the Crockett's and the WWF war and they talk about the WCW and WWF war in the 90s. What they don't really mention is that like if they would have just not looked sideways and looked straight ahead, WCW would still be like the Cro- even Crockett would still be around right now because people were making so much money because of because Hulk Hogan was so big wrestling as a whole got like it's not. Oh, yeah. You have to beat Hulk Hogan. Just be. Like, you're also benefiting. Like, not everyone can see Hulk Hogan, so they'll see Ric Flair, and then people will look at Ric Flair and look at Hulk Hogan and think, Ric Flair is better. You know what I mean? And that even comes to this, where it's like, people just want to see, they want to see a hero like the Hulk Hogan in their town, and then Fred Ottman comes in and avalanches them twice, and yeah. comes back a month later and loses and goes to fucking wherever else. Yeah, he does a bear hug it's great. pile driver, which is a weird move, and then... A fucking way you go, yeah. Yeah, that one made no sense. Yeah, he hugs you and then he sits down. Yeah, he hugs you and then he goes to both knees and that knocks you unconscious. Yeah. Even just falling forward would be so much better, but no, you gotta yeah. no, hug him weird. and uh, sit down. It's very strange. Yeah, Um. so he uh, thought he was too green to go to WWF and WCW, but then basically gets talked to and is like, do you want to make money or... Do you want to make some fucking money? He went to WWF uh, over WCW because why the fuck not? Like, <laughs> and he comes in as okay. No, you're really missing the best part of his entire territory run, though. Uh, okay, what is it? Which is when he's hanging out with uh, the Freebirds uh, and Paul Bearer, and one of them lights a couch on fire in a hotel room. Is it in Paul Bearer? They are, it's unsure if it was Paul Bearer or the Freebirds who lit a fucking couch on fire in Texas, but apparently it was in a hotel room where you are not allowed to really get a hotel room if you were a wrestler at the time because they did so much fucked up shit. For example, one unnamed yeah, wrestler just kept rolling Lincolns, and they were like, absolutely not. Um, I mean, that's for sure Ric Flair. I think it, I, I'm, I'm saying it's Michael Hayes. It's for sure Michael Hayes. Man, Michael Hayes, man. I just watched Michael Hayes singing Bad Street USA as part of his Hall of Fame induction, and good Lord in heaven, is that the worst thing in the world? Well, he's not a good man, and like he legitimately <laughs> believes that he's the reason that people have theme music, even though like Gorgeous George had to fucking theme music years beforehand like like a fucking 20 years before and he's like uh nah, it's me man. <laughs> mm, yeah <laughs> i'm the one who came up with that stuff that makes noise whereas it's not words not talking Me about cocaine it? although that, that killed man man all right do 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 all right letting them out uh done the billy jack mama <laughs> i fucked <laughs> page <laughs> 
Um, so let's talk about his uh, WWF run as Tugboat, and then we'll get into uh, him as Typhoon after the break, and All then, right. of course, the wonderful Shockmaster. All right, he debuts as, what does he debut as? Big Man Steel. Tugboat Thomas. No, he debuts Ooh, as Big, Big Man, Man no. Big Man Steel in, in uh, Dark Matches. And then oh, they're okay. like, no, 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 no. It's 1990 and we're the WWF. If you can't have a job, you need to just be a thing. Guess what? You're a boat. <laughs> it is so funny that they're like, that meaning, because he said he never said no to a gimmick. And that shows where it's like, uh, and his, it, his his talks about it are really straightforward. Where it's like, yeah, you're a, you're a mixture of Popeye and Bluto, which for sure. And he looks like Bluto as well. Yeah, they should have just made him Bluto. So let's just make it for kids, baby. And it works. And they put him with Hulk Hogan. The original plan, by the way, was to build towards WrestleMania 7, and he was going to turn on Hulk Hogan and possibly be the Sergeant Slaughter-type character and be managed by um, Colonel Adnan and be the traitor to Iraq, which would have been even fucking weirder. And they were going to call yes. him They were gonna call him like yes, Sheik, tu- Sheik Tugboat. And they didn't Sheik end Sheik Tugboat? Yeah, it was something Bruce Pritchard's talk about it a lot, where it's like, yeah, that was the original plan, and then and we came to our senses that that would be the worst idea ever. <laughs> so wait a minute, would he still have the hat? He'd still have the hat, and then possibly this shirt, but just camo-themed trousers. I don't know what the uniform would have been. Cause, because he just looks like a fatter male stripper. Yeah, he looks like a male... He looks like a guy at a bachelor party. A guy found out his wife was going to a bachelorette party, beat up the stripper, took his clothes, and now she he's going to surprise his <laughs> wife. <laughs> Guess what, ladies? Poor, you get to fun. see what she's getting. Yeah. Also, you can actually watch him get... Like, once he starts being... Once he starts being tugboat, you can tell that either someone was like, you need to bulk up, or he was consistently being stung by bees, because he he expands quickly in this gimmick. Well, I think mostly it's pro- like it must be weird, because working in territory to territory is basically like when we do gigs, where it's like you see a new batch of people every time. Mm. So he gets to like get in a rhythm with hanging out with the same people, and they're partying all the time, and he's making... A lot more money, and he has friends. Yeah. So obviously he's he's probably getting crunk on the rego. Also, what's he does amazing talk about how about Fred Ottman is he yeah. keeps going like I wasn't qualified to be there, but I was lucky to be there. And it's like what a humble, nice man, like just a guy who's like didn't really deserve to be there, but I was still there anyway. So I kept my head down and made sure I went to a Waffle House every night and made them cry with the amount of food I ate. <laughs> Well, and I don't think that he wasn't qualified to be there. Like, I completely agree. He was fucking great. At, yeah. But if you look at uh, him versus Earthquake, it's like he moves so much better than Earthquake. He moves so much better than a lot of the big men. He's legitimately more athletic than, like, the Warlord, who's not a fat dude. You know what I mean? Like, this is a pretty big athletic dude. And if he was around now, they'd just slim him down and he'd be a fucking top dude. Like... The match he has against Billy Jack Haynes is not good. Like he never really learned how to like wrestle at all. But he you don't need to. As long as you move well and you're that size, it's impressive. Like look at Braun Strowman. Like he lost a bit of weight. He used to be a chunko. Now he's like just a pretty in shape dude and he moves better than he should for a dude that big. That's all you need to do. Yeah, the tugboat could have been Braun Strowman. They could have had him just going around various arenas pulling things down. Oh man, that's the best move. 
I hope in the video game, his finishing move is just like you take the ring and suplex it onto the opponent. <laughs> what are they? What are they doing with Braun Strowman in WrestleMania? I assume it's like, oh, he's gonna meet the Rock, and the Rock shits in his mouth. No, uh, he is fighting the tag team champion by himself. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. He threw out the last guy and yelled, "I'm going." He pointed at him. He pointed with the dude at the sign and said, "I'm going to WrestleMania," and then threw him at everybody else. It was fucking awesome. I'll, I gotta tell you, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm so in. I'm so in for Braun Strowman. Ladies and gentlemen, by the way, for those of you wondering what John Hastings' WrestleMania plans are, I'll be in Australia, so I will be watching WrestleMania in the morning, which is the best ever. You get room service, ah, breakfast. That's really good. You drink loads of coffee, and you watch wrestling for what I assume is going to be only a four-hour show this year, which is going to be nice. Uh, no, if you go to the pre-show, it's five. But I'll be at Red Deer in Red Deer, Alberta at a bowling alley. <laughs> <laughs> Pussy. Come, Taking a vacation. Come. No, it's a gig for sure. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a vacation from... Just having a little vacation in a bowling alley. I'm having a vacation when the only place that I'm accepted people to go, Dylan, you must be a doctor because you know all these things. <laughs> um, one thing about Tugboat I think we really do have to mention before we get right into him as a character is, John, can you go on Wikipedia and uh, just play the Tugboat theme? Because it's a jam, I'll tell you that. Oh, wow. Tugboat theme, WWF. I actually did not list, uh, look this up, so... Let's have oh, a look. Buddy, it's a it's a zinger. Let's have a look. Let's have a little listen. Oh, and a custom YouTube Titantron. Perfect. There you go. Oh, the tugboat's coming. Oh yes, no I was having a bad time. I'm loving early '90s fucking WWE themes. Oh oh god. Good time. Man, he's a fucking good wrestler. But even in the, <laughs> even, oh I hate that noise though. <laughs> I love that noise. Do, 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 and the noise, baby. Is that the noise? Johnson that plays the hits, doesn't he? Um, Dylan, uh, is when you walk on stage in Red Deer, are you going to be, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the comedic styles of Dylan Gott. <laughs> well, that that's what I'm going to do whenever I mention uh, shitting. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, that would actually be a great noise because I do have that joke about how I farted and then a guy tried to fight me because it was too smelly and that would be a great... Oh, for those Every of you, by the way, that noise plays. By the way, be very good. For those of you that have seen that joke and are wondering, is that fictitious? No, I saw Dylan that he called me that day, and Glee just uh, <laughs> got tried to beat me up because I farted. And so, <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so, when did the we? The world turns. And when did we become the things we used to make fun of? <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, Tugboat goes over a bunch of jo uh, jobbers. Uh, they put him directly with uh, Hulk Hogan. And that's the funny thing about Hulk Hogan here is you can really see that he puts himself with people that are the kids will like but couldn't possibly take over his spot. Like after the Savage stuff, he's like, no one that could possibly take over for me is ever being. Like, it's the big boss man, it's Tugboat, it's Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Like, these people are too... Like, I love big boss man, but, like, they're too... too Like, you know, too kitty to take over for Hogan. And, and Hacksaw, his gimmick went from, like, I'm a badass with a 2x4 to just being, like, borderline 
mentally handicapped yeah. with a two by four. I'm a dumb man who likes to eat wood. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the great Survivor Series 1990 promo where they say they'll all join the army uh, in fighting Saddam Hussein. And I really wish George Bush would have been, yes. <laughs> you got yourself a fucking deal. As well, also, by the way, he was part of, he was the big catalyst for uh, fans writing letters to Hulk Hogan to urge him to come back and fight Earthquake after Earthquake sat on him and supposedly broke his ribs. By the way, this was just a way for the WWF to get kids' addresses. That's terrifying. Yeah, no, it was just a it was just a marketing scam. Hulk Hogan uh, returns um, with the team. I, I can I think I can speak for both of us when I say thank God Jerry Lawler wasn't there. Man, if Jerry Lawler was there, a lot of those kids would have gotten <laughs> fun Christmas presents, which were just photos of his dick shitting, <laughs> which is what he calls cum. Uh, hey, hey, Miss Kitty, my dick's gonna shit in you. Jerry, please stop saying that. It drives my pussy more than a hot fan. <laughs> I'm going to the high school football game to scout talent and the public school semi-formal for the same reason. <laughs> you know what? I was all right with uh, Mean Gene Okerlund serial killer, but Jerry Lawler pedophile, I feel it's just too close to the truth. Yeah, all right, we'll stop. No, 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 no. That was supposed to be a message of encouragement. We got we to gotta, uh, take, take a, break a here. while off because we got to do a Lawler episode. Yeah, we got we do a Lawler episode where we like where we rejig and then we go back in full force. You know, it's kind of like uh, how Game of Thrones leaves like a year between seasons. We need to like leave at least six months of no Lawler and then wham. Yeah, yeah. Here's so it's nine what, parts. Yeah, yeah, nine parts. Of, three of them are not about his career. Yeah, three of them are about his pedophilic weird in love and also how he just yeah. hates one of his kids. <laughs> yeah, he never he never talked. He has Brian Christopher has a son. Or as a brother, who Jerry Lawler, like, uh, what do you do for work? I'm a brain surgeon. You're weak. You're supposed to be a fake fighter like me. A man. Who, a man <laughs> no, who, apparently he loves his other son and doesn't like. Uh, oh, Brian, Brian Christopher? But whatever. Oh, well, that's interesting. Cause, yeah. yeah. Who knows? Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a break. When we come back. Oh, okay. Uh, tugboat, by the way. Uh, in a um, six-man tag with the Nasty Boys and Earthquake and the Bushwhackers, turns on the on the uh, Bushwhackers in a shocking display and of deceit. I don't think this made me really, really, really wish wrestling was like this still because people are so mad at him. Like kids, kids are crying and grown-ups are just screaming at him when he splashes the Bushwhackers because, like, we did a Bushwhackers episode very recently and. These guys elicited so much sympathy because it was such a good call for them to make them baby faces because in the land of like everyone here is like in their early 30s and on steroids and huge and then you get like these two what they seem to be or they played well as nice uncle um, and just getting beaten up. They had they elicited so much sympathy because they just look so helpless. Like, they're big men if they're in a bar, but, like, next to, like, the Warlord and, obviously, like, Tugboat, they're just so fucking small. Yeah. It was so, like, it's a really, really great angle. Oh, it's fucking fantastic. And apparently he still gets Facebook messages from people being like, can't believe what you did to Hulk Hogan. Like, it's it's insane and captures the imagination. And I remember as a kid, because I remember Tugboat, and then I went away from wrestling for, like, a couple of weeks and then came back and it was Typhoon. And it was just like, what the fuck? Uh. And, oh, yeah. and, and also, the Hulk- Natural Disasters were the best, most Vince McMahon tag team idea ever, which is 
They're tag it's teams because they're fat. They're fat boys and they're friends, and they'll be undefeatable. And they worked really well. And one thing I do want to mention before we take a break that made me laugh very hard is that Roddy Piper just called Earthquake Baby Huey. And, uh, yeah. Also, yeah. He looks like Baby Huey and walks like a baby. When, <laughs> when Typhoon splashes. He walks like um, a fat grown-up baby when typhoon splashes luke um roddy piper's reaction goes but that's my buddy one of them is <laughs> roddy piper yeah. one of the worst commentators best promo in the biz worst commentator ever and like i said listen to our roddy piper four-part episode he was one of the best he was like the first he was not the first but one of the first heel color commentator guys really got over and oh then my god became a heel wrestler on tv but just that babyface commentary, not for not for him. No. He, he's got to be a heel for the bike. Like even, pardon me, even like his WCW promos, which I think are unsung, uh, like unsung beauties in, Rick, uh, in Roddy Piper's career, he's just being a heel, but like a heel that people are cheering for. Like he's just basically like, I'll go get okay. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fucking kill your family. Um, I'll tell you who won't kill your family, Fred Upman, because he's a good man. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, the weather gets bad, and then things get shocking. Nice. Thank you. This one will be even shorter. Patreon.com backslash rest of the review. You know why to go there, and if you don't, suck it. There's shit on my ass. We're back. We're back. We're back. Ladies and gentlemen, Vince McMahon's favorite tag team ever debuts. It is two fat guys pretending to be weather. I love early 90s wrestling. Hey, what are these wrestlers' jobs? One of them is actually an earthquake. The other one is a weird version of a hurricane. And they are (laughs) managed by a guy who was a teen idol in the 60s. Great. And aren't they one of the all-time best tag teams? They are fucking great. Legitimately. They are exactly what you want from a tag team, which is you never need to put the belts on these guys. They literally can just come out and be the monsters. Like, you don't, like, they can bear, like, what? One of the things with wrestling that does bother me is that you don't have these sort of lurking monster threats that don't actually seem, they don't need to win that often. They just need to come out and sit on people every once in a while and people are like, well, there's no fucking way he's not hurt. That fat fuck just sat on it. Yeah, and I did want to say something we actually missed on the tugboat part of his career is that he has that run with Hogan, then he starts jobbing out to heels, and perfect timing. He As soon as he starts jobbing to people, like he loses to Mr. Perfect in an Intercontinental title match, they immediately start his heel turn, and he becomes Typhoon, joins the Natural Disasters. Um, there's a whole thing where, like, the Road Warriors are on their way out at this point, and they want to keep the titles on the Road Warriors for a time. Well, no, I, you're, you're confusing the issue. The Road Warriors aren't on the way out. What's happening is the WWF is having some real problems with Road Warrior Hawk because they're like, how can this crackhead maintain that physique? And the, and Animal's like, I don't really know, but he does, and he will. Uh, because the <laughs> Road Warriors do not leave until SummerSlam. When they put the, yes. they give them a puppet, and Hawk just doesn't come back from England for six months. Yeah, of course he doesn't, because he goes into a K hole. Yeah, a K hole <laughs> filled with coke and bikers. Well, since I started drinking, <laughs> I've been a runaway train. Pretty scary, huh? Scarier now. 
look who's driving the train. And he just points to a chair that's got a bunch of crack on it. <laughs> I think this is real. Yeah. Well. I'm really Hawk. I hurt myself giving myself a hug. Well. <laughs> this guy's animal. He's not a Muppet, even though I've tried to make him that while he sleeps. Yeah. read into that at all. <laughs> Paul Ellering is both a man and my dream. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they go right into a feud with LOD, and they're that perfect tag team where like you don't really need to get them over because they've already both been top guys and they were cooled off and now they're in a tag team. Like it's 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 exactly how they should do tag teams. It's like now. Sorry. Go uh, it also, by the way, the point I was also going to make is it also goes against theory before the uh, for LOD that you need to always put them with small bump and heels. The thing with the because the powers of pain never drew with the Road Warriors or uh, Legion of Doom. Um, but what you can do is put them with the fucking Midnight Express who will cheat so badly that they'll hurt the Road Warriors. Or put them with the natural disasters where it's like, how are you supposed to do the devastation device on either one of these actual buckets of shit? Like, it, it mm-hmm. completely changes the perspective on what you need to do in a match, and that draws interest from the fans, which is why this is such a good fucking idea. The only issue they, of course, came up yeah. with is that they're both giant and white, so Hawk thought they were meth crystals, and he kept trying to light them on fire. <laughs> well, that's the interesting part is they were going to put the titles on them, um, but then Jimmy Hart uh, apparently substituted them in a match um, for Money, Inc. instead. Money, Inc. wins the titles, and then the natural disasters turns face in 1992, and that's a weird thing because if you were to ask me their characters, I would just have told you they were heels for like five years. Yeah, no, they were they, they were entirely really just heels for like a year. Their run is really fucking short, and it's fucking great. I love that this is how they turn them is that the fucking Money Inc. fucks them over. Jimmy Hart laughs like a weasel, takes their title shot. Money Inc. now are the champions. And the natural disasters are chasing them. And what's interesting about them being the faces is that Money Inc. again has that that equalizer, which is we're devious shyster assholes. And um yeah. the natural disasters really want to fucking chase them for the belt. What's fascinating is they never fucking get them. Basically implying that Vince was like, well, I've realized something. I don't want either one of these men to die in the ring. And I've seen the medical report. And John Tenta's heart is actually a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> I'm so sorry for anyone who struggles with their weight. I, I, My heart really goes out to you. You are beautiful. The only ugly fat people are John Tenta and Fred Ottman. Everyone knows that. Everyone else is beautiful. Okay, well, shut up, John. You're fat. That's you, though. You were fat. Why'd you change then? Is it because you weren't comfortable with yourself? AIDS. I wanted. I wanted people to think I had AIDS so I would get sympathy. <laughs> that's that's how you got to do it in comedy, man. You just got to pretend. Yeah, that's that's when I did my successful okay. one. Well, I mean, I wasn't expecting that's when, that direct uh, answer. That's when I uh, did my very successful one man show, uh, losing it for myself. <laughs> I have AIDS in brackets. Yeah, I have AIDS, or do I? I don't. Nice. But that's the weird thing, because I watched... All right, so I watched a heel, a bunch of heel match where they're the natural disasters, and then I watched a bunch of babyface matches, and it's, like, too easy for them to be... Like, there's no one to really get the heat in the team, you know what I mean? There's no 
worker. Whereas if you're the heel in early '90s wrestling, all you do is like we sit, we're sitting on them, we're sitting on them. Oh, they came back and they won. It looks like a fluke. Yeah, it. You know? Yeah, they're like what I wanted to say before was like this is a great idea for what they don't do now, which is like a guy like let's say Dolph Ziggler. If you draw a parallel between him and Earthquake, they were both at the top of the card as heels, and then they it became clear that their time at the top of the card was done. They should have just put Dolph Ziggler into a tag team. So then he's a super strong member of a tag team with whoever else is on the top card. Like let's say Baron Corbin. I'm just you know, I mean don't I don't want any emails about how the dumb this tag team is. Why are, sure why are you bad. hard right now describing but, this? Why are you hard right now? Um, I'm live video Skyping John, and I'm on a balcony, completely nude, rock, fucking hard. <laughs> Solid um, dick. So. <laughs> Look at that. Um, but, uh, at and it's me. great. Like, that's. Sorry. <laughs> that's why it works so well. And like I said, we've said it a hundred times as a kid. These two fat, that mean they scary. Yeah, like that's the thing. It was such a good direct thing they could do back in the yeah, day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but they uh, feud as uh, as faces. They feud with the Beverly Brothers. They feuded with Money Inc. Um, and uh, team with the Nasty Boys at some points. And they're really losing steam at this point. So Typhoon, as a baby face, um, is losing to Ban Ban. Bigelow um, all over the territories. This is when John Tenta is going in and out of uh, being in Japan and has that weird match where a guy just decides he's going to fight him for real. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, um, oh, he was in WrestleMania 7. I can't remember his name. But, yes, keep going. Uh, there's also this weird anecdote where they go to Stephen King's house. Now, I don't know if this was on television or recounted by Fred Ottman, but apparently they had a hissy fit because Stephen King wasn't there. I either way, I just fucking love that Fred Ott, like Fred Ottman. The more you read about this man, the more you're just like, he's just a sweet guy. He's a sweet guy who made some money, and good for him. I hope he has a nice boat, and you know he does. You know he has a fucking pontoon boat with a a literal tugboat. He has a literal tugboat. Oh fuck me in the asshole! I hope he has a literal tugboat. Well, we'll get to this later. We'll get to a thing later, but they actually bring him back after the whole Shockmaster shit. In 1995, in the WWF for a minute, just to like, oh, here's a recognizable face, he'll win one match and then lose to a bunch of people to get them over. And uh, they actually apparently had big plans for him, but he didn't come back because he had to attend to his other business. Which is like a measured grown-up man decision. And like we said at the start of this, this guy knew when his time in wrestling was done, and he didn't want to chase the dragon, even though, I mean, 1995... If he waits two years, he could probably have come back and got a job with one of the companies. You know what I mean? Like, look at Earthquake. Earthquake worked f well into the 2000s. And never really was on television. Like he was just one of those guys that both the Fed and WCW kind of sat on and was like, well, we'll just... Yeah, when we need him, we'll need him. And then he was one of the oddities. Yeah. But the whole thing about that is, is like, the the road is a hard lifestyle, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Especially for a guy like Fred Ottman. He's a big dude. He doesn't want to be in cars all day. He just gets tired of the road. He already got tired of the road in, like, the early 80s, like, six years into wrestling. So, he's just a very smart, down-to-earth man. But let's get to the point. Well, probably everyone who was reviewing this, uh, listened to us review this episode is actually here to see uh, the debut of one of those infamous... Um, characters in wrestling history the Shockmaster. oh yes all right so some context sting and davy boy smith are feuding with sid vicious and harlem heat 
answer to your next question. Who the fuck knows? They're on a flare for gold, which was... Now, This Ric Flair had this very weird WWF contract where he specifically wasn't allowed to wrestle, but he could appear on television. So they gave him this talk show called A Flare for Gold. Best flare for gold is not a flare for gold. It was called A Flare for Old, and it was just the Hollywood blondes making fun of Ric Flair, and it's so fucking great. Yes. Um, now... And also, how... I know we use this a thousand times, but how great would it have been in the Attitude Era, A Flare for the Gold... Five naked women and just a bowl full of cocaine. Oh. And the segment isn't over until the women and Ric Flair finish the cocaine. Well, Ric Flair claims to have never done drugs, which I just think that he's so drunk he doesn't know what drugs are. But I guarantee you it would be a recreation of that departed moment where he throws a bunch of cocaine on the bed and says to two hookers, <laughs> uh, yeah. don't stop till you're numb. <laughs> yeah, Ric Flair... On TV is classy in real life. Jack Nicholson from The Departed. Yeah, that he switches from a nice tie into a leopard print one seamlessly, <laughs> and just and then says to women, "You don't deserve the cum. Here's the pee." Yeah, my dick's gonna woo. <laughs> um, so the Shockmaster uh, comes out. What was the original intention for the gimmick, John William Hastings? Uh, I believe the original intention was Dusty Rhodes got drunk and then forgot to do any work and just saw some stuff and went, yeah. let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> he watched um, he rushed for, he rushed Return of the Empire wasted. Yeah. It's like, so, I got a gimmick. How about... And he confused the Ewoks and Darth Vader, and that's how the <laughs> gimmick was done. It's a fur vest, and he's got a fucking helmet. I don't know. So originally, the, the, the um, original mask was supposed to be a Mexican-style lucha mask with... Uh, uh, blue and yellow trunks with lightning bolts going down the legs. Now, Dusty's plan was he wanted to have a big additional WWF-style hero to go with the team. So, and uh, now I will do the rest of it in Dusty's voice as told on the Legends of Wrestling. Ah, right, baby, so here go, you know, Uncle Fred. By the way, Fred Ottman is Dusty Rhodes' brother-in-law, so for some reason he refers to him as Uncle Fred. He goes, now, Uncle Fred, that's close to Cody. Cody love Uncle Fred. Now, Uncle Fred, come to the, come via the, the Dim Crockett, although it's not Jim Crockett. It's clearly WCW, but he always calls it Jim Crockett. You know, <laughs> you know, we're going to work <laughs> yeah. at Dim Crockett, man. We want to debut him big. We want to debut So in the afternoon, in the afternoon, what we do, what do we, we run it. It runs real wide, so it runs in that. Now, David Crockett, he comes up with the idea, he wants the wall secure, so he puts a... Two by four, he hasn't nailed to the wall, baby. Nailed to the wall. And then when we debut Uncle Fred, Uncle Fred walked through, he tripped down. Oh, and the kept up laughing to make it look ridiculous. Oh, poor Uncle Fred. And Cody watching at home, he turned to his buddies and he goes, That was Uncle Fred. That's the actual story <laughs> that an adult tells. That was a of great. The biggest blunder of his fucking career. That was Uncle Fred. Oh, my God. Um,. There is that, that's one of the that was the best impression you've ever because heard. also it's wrestling. Uh, Dusty Rhodes has occasionally implied that Eric Bischoff sabotaged the whole thing. I love wrestling. That's so great. I love it. It's not just nine rednecks trying to write a kids show. Yeah, no, that's what wrestling became in the early '90s. Was like Vince McMahon apparently. I didn't know this, but Vince McMahon hired a bunch of people from outside of wrestling to like basically do research because it's a real business, and now we have to appeal to the whole country and not just like whoever comes to an armory for fun. <laughs> so, so 
but Dusty Rhodes was like, no, baby, this is what you do. Here's how you entertain Hey, you baby, you give me a... Uh, like, quick, and then you get a fat guy to fall. Everybody, quickly, give me a little person in the boat and Uncle Fred, and we're going to make ourselves a movie. <laughs> get Uncle Fred. Everybody, Uncle Fred. Where is Uncle Fred? Uncle Fred. Uncle Fred. I need Uncle Fred. Uh, Cody, where's Uncle Fred? Are he crying again in the garage? <laughs> Uncle Fred. Stop wearing that fur coat. Actually, that's not true. Literally, the be- like I think Fred Altman takes the fucking Shockmaster better than anyone. He's literally like, well, that's what happened. <laughs> like, all right. They say, legitimately though. Here's something I want to. Here's a hot take. All right, guys, beware. The elements on. If you touch your iPhone or your computer, whatever you're listening to this on right now. You're going to get a real burn because this is a sizzling hot fucking take. Here it is. Ah, 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 ah. That's your hand if you touch your iPhone. Um, it's It worked out for the best because he, if he just comes out, bursts through that wall, and he's in the fucking Stormtrooper helmet anyway, he's like, that's a horrible. That's horrible. So, it's so bad even if he doesn't trip. Yeah, the whole thing and is fucked. You're, and then Ole Anderson's doing the Black Scorpion voice again. Yeah, which... Which is also horrible. It's been like two years since the Black Scorpion. I can't even think of a, a WWF like... If they just did the higher power again, and then it turned out to be Shane... Oh, do you not think that they're like definitely going to do that? 100% guarantee. Oh, that would be great. Give it a year, and you, we will have the fucking higher power again. Then it'll be Snoop Dogg, and he'll be fucking uh, high yeah. shit. <laughs> I don't get that. Why? Why would he be? Why? Would, like, will he be flying? You could say that. Cool. Um. So, yeah. Like everything was like they basically didn't make the helmet. They didn't make the tights. Exactly what you said. Like the way it was pitched to him. Everyone. Everyone else was like, "Yeah, we're not doing that, right?" And then no one made anything, and they were probably like, "Okay, we're doing the Shockmaster thing." And they're like, "Oh fuck." Well, here's some glitter on a stormtrooper helmet with no way to see. Yeah. Like you couldn't. He couldn't see out the front of it. There were no eye holes. Why do you want to see? So Why do you stormtrooper helmet. Well, that's also good. Fred Altman couldn't that's see true. what happened to him. He <laughs> literally true. just fell down and was like, well, that's a shame. No, he fell down. He got back. And he puts the Shockmaster helmet back on. He's wearing a fur coat with just, like, jeans. Like, it's like, it's the worst. It's the worst thing in wrestling history. The character is the worst thing in wrestling history. The fact that he falls is just beside the point. Yeah. But the fact that he fell, do you know what happened, what he said? Do you know what, like, apparently it's deleted off the network and everything? It's deleted off the network and everything, but here's what happened. He went like, oh, fuck, uh, or something like that, didn't he? he fell? No, no, no. All right, so Sid Vicious just starts laughing and saying, oh, no, oh, no. And <laughs> and uh, Booker T said, who is this motherfucker? <laughs> and that was all caught on camera. Davey Boy Smith said he fell on his arse and started laughing. <laughs> and if you listen to it, when Ole Anderson starts doing the Black Scorpion voice, he is also laughing. I. That's Uncle Fred. Uncle Fred. Uncle Fred, you feel me, Uncle Fred? <laughs> and Dusty, who was like doing promos at NXT, apparently Billy Gunn. Uh, every time he's uh, he thinks he's clever doing stuff, uh, Billy Gunn and Billy Kidman would just bring up the Shockmaster, and every time Triple H came to NXT. Every, which is every day, he would bring up the Shockmaster to Dusty Rhodes just to keep him in check. 
<laughs> Anytime Dusty Rhodes was like, why don't do this and this, baby? He'd be like, the shock master. And he'd be like, okay, none of my ideas. Do you think that Dusty Rhodes then at one point was like, how about this fucking Paul? How about the time you fucked that dead girl on fucking television? I made more money in a fucking day than you've made in a fucking year, Paul. How about this? How about fucking this? I'll fuck your fucking wife. I fucked her when she was a kid in my dreams. That last part <laughs> is a bit over the fucking line. <laughs> <laughs> How about this, baby? I get a prostitute every day, and I legally change your name to Stephanie. How does that sound, baby? I'm a very, very shallow Hey, man. Paul, how about this? You I fucking... very petty, baby. Paul, you take my ideas, or I will give Ric Flair your cell phone number, and you will get calls at 4 o'clock in the morning being at the boy 40 grand because he's met a woman who is his wife for life for tonight. <laughs> Here's a weird thing that we didn't reference. We'll do a redo. We did a Dusty Rhodes episode a long time ago, but we'll redo one in parts because it's uh that was back when we didn't do like n- four part episodes. But Dusty Rhodes has like the Booker. He has the booking record of like Vince Russo, where it's like as soon as he got to be Booker, he had all these great ideas and did a great job, and then two years in, it was just shit fest. Like, well, it's like with anyone, he needs um. He needs editors. He needs editors. He was great when he had Eddie Graham, and he was fucking terrible when Jim Crockett was like, do what you like, I'm going to get another plane. <laughs> so the Shockmaster thing happens. Obviously, it's dead in the water. Now, John, what I did is, here's two things I found. Two things I found is that there's no segments of the Shockmaster immediately after, like the Saturday no. night, after the Clash of the Champions. There's no Shockmaster stuff, but here is what they do. Um, they reintroduce him as the Shockmaster, but he's just a big lovable klutz who loves cartoons. Yeah, and he's and then and, they they um, redo him as his nephew, the Super Shockmaster. Well, here's what they do: is that there's a ton of, and you can watch the next Clash of the Champions after the Shockmaster debuts, and uh, they just talk about how he fell down when he debuted, and all the vignettes are Tony Schiavone interviewing him, like they do these like get to know the Shockmaster vignettes. And it's just the Shockmaster going to shake people's hands and then him spilling drinks on. That's all he does. Like, he'll win the match super easily and then just, like, go to put his hand in the referee. He'll go to raise his hand. He'll hit the referee and he'll be like, oopsie-doopsie, I fell in pudding. <laughs> Fred Ottman deserves to be again, in the Hall of Fame for no other reason than he just says, sure. Like, it's fucking amazing. He, he, he should be in the Hall of Fame. He really should be. And... Literally, this guy had his second lease on life via the internet, via e-bombs world, because that's when that video got popular. Like people couldn't believe it. Yeah, they couldn't believe that this was a like, thing that was on television. I remember yeah. first seeing this. Yeah, I remember first seeing this video in 1999 on e-bombs world. Like, it was, like it, it was absolutely great. Second lease on life for him. It worked out the best it possibly could, because like you in mind, they've made no one remembers. They've made a the Shockmaster fucking figure like you can buy a a toy of the Shockmaster, and of typhoon and of tugboat all i'm sure because they're like we're making a Shockmaster toy he's like could yeah. you make the other two please and they're like no but we will because it's our idea actually but like what if here's my question what if like this this type of thing happened with the undertaker where the undertaker chipped and fell out and he had like a wig on and his wig fell off. And then the thing I don't understand about WCW is like they still kept him named the Shockmaster. Even yeah. His character was. I don't know like, why the fuck that you do I, that. Because he, he had to wear a hard hat because he falls down all the time. <laughs> that was still his. But he also, what's even weirder he a hard hat. is he falls down all the time, but 
wins matches. Like they don't make him a jobber. They let him win matches, and then he does something embarrassing after. Like it's just weird. No, well, the the Shockmaster gimmick goes from like unstoppable monster kills everybody to mid card comedy babyface, where if he loses, you're sad, but he usually wins. He goes from he goes from the Undertaker to the Bushwhackers in two seconds, and I don't understand how they debut him as like that but like they say it's like one of the biggest it's on every list at the top of like the biggest blunders and like uh the biggest botches of wrestling history but it's like it worked out the best it could because there's no fucking way if this goes off without a hitch it's not the worst (laughs) moment of wrestling history anywhere here's how well here's how here's how pathetic it was star wars will sue you if you have anything looking like a lightsaber, if me and you had a stick fight and put it on Facebook, they'd try and sue us for using lightsaber-like things. They actually used a Stormtrooper helmet on network television. And they were like, in prime go time, ahead. And Star Wars was like, you guys can take that it. That one's for you. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, what's also crazy about the Shockmaster is... <laughs> That's on you guys. It is... It's remembered as a terrible idea that was bad, but it's not the, like it's not close to the worst thing they've done in wrestling. It's not the worst thing that Dusty Rhodes has done. It's not the worst thing that Sting was involved in. It's not the worst thing. It's, I think the only be it might be the worst gimmick Harlem Heat was involved in, which is weird that they didn't have that many weird gimmicks. No, it wasn't. What's the worst thing Harlem Heat was involved in? Uh, when they debuted. Oh, yep, hundred percent uh, correct. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> no, you're right. When they debuted as. Colonel Robert Parker had bought two prisoners, as now they're yep, slaves. No. That was the worst thing they were involved yep, in. Yeah, hundred percent correct on that one, Dylan. <laughs> you nailed that one in. Fucking one, didn't you? Uh, but the the reason I think the Shockmasters remembered this way is because Fred Ottman's out of the goddamn business super quickly. So he's like, of course, everyone's piling on him because he kind of doesn't. Well, he's not there to defend himself, and also he doesn't fight. give a fuck. Yeah, and he doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't care. It's not like. He knows it's fake, and it doesn't matter if he wins and loses. He's just happy to have fun and get some money. Yeah. He's not like Triple H where it's like, but in a real fight, you have to admit, I think I'd beat up Kurt Angle, which is a real quote. Yeah, uh, no. No one's going to buy that Kurt Angle can beat me up. That was a real thing that man said. Newsflash, <laughs> Triple H, you'd go for a pedigree in the real fight, and then Kurt Angle would rip your dick off. <laughs> like, there is a 4%, there's a 4% uh, chance at WrestleMania this year. Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey look at each other, wink, and murder Stephanie and and Paul and uh, Paul Levesky's in the ring. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't think so. I do. I think that gonna, they're v- both and very then happy. I'm gonna nut. Now, Dylan, what is the best thing about Fred Ottman? Go ahead. Um, the best thing about Fred Ottman is how at peace he is with his own. I life. was gonna say, yeah, how and he's just that he he's a he's a great he's a great balanced man, and I wish more wrestlers were like him, and I love him. Fred Ottman, keep talking. Yeah, you're he, thin. He is a credit to his profession. Yeah, keep talking. You're thin, yeah, baby. He's a, he's a he's a credit. He's a credit to his profession, and uh, he moved on very quickly from wrestling. He still takes some gigs on the side, at his leisure. Just to kind of have fun. Um, there's no one. What is another botch like this that's like the shock mask? Like, there's no one that's embraced their moment in the sun as well as Fred. O- like, if you go see Fred Ottman at an autograph signing, you can wear the Shockmaster helmet and he'll take a picture. And he'll be. So, like, he'll no be. Really he's read. He's appeared as the Shockman on Edge and Christian's WWE Network show and on Raw as the Shockmaster when they launched the 
Rise and Fall of WCW DVD. He was the shock man. Like it's he's just synonymous with it, yeah. and he's fine with it. He's like, yep, that's who I am. And and uh, oh my god, what else? Uh, no, it's gone. Good. <laughs> um, no. Uh, here's what. Here's a great one. So after he's Uncle Fred, uh, he comes back to the WWF, um, doing the exact same thing. Like he beats. Pierre the Quebecers and then immediately starts jobbing to Yokozuna like you would um, like you would he uh, wrestled off and on for five years uh, he claims to basically have wrestled 140 to f- 150 days uh, a year which is like you know once every two days that's not bad 150 to, and then he goes to Japan he went to Malaysia a bit um, mainly works in Florida just because he wants to be close to home starts his own business um once again he claims that they tried to get him back into the re- into wwf in 1995 the worst year in their history yeah. <laughs> and push him a bit but he basically declined because he's got real and better things to do um and he gets a real job in 2007 and he's just kind of playing out the string right now Man, it's fucking great he Is uh it- him and his wife run a him and his wife run a block of apartments and he goes to conventions and hangs out <laughs> he's fucking great yeah I was going to say, tagging off of your best thing about Fred Ottman, like, not the best legacy, but he fucking owns it, and he's proud of it, and he worked fucking hard, and God fucking bless him. Now, let's stop sucking his, what I assume is a fat dick, and move on to things we don't like about Fred Ottman. Dylan, nice. go ahead. Worst thing about Fred Ottman? His finishing move is terrible. Just bear hug somebody. Yeah, it's fucking weird. Don't go- it, you know what it was? Do you ever see Albert's move? Do you ever see Albert's where move? Where he pierced people? His finishing move for a while called the train wreck, where you- <laughs> where he would grab what he would do is take their pants down and pierce whatever they got in their yes. pants. Uh no, he would um he would have them at a torture rack and then he would just fall to both knees and they'd be like, It's the train wreck, he's dead. Yes, no, I remember like, No, that. he just it, hurt his knees. Yeah, it's like, no, he's hurt, not them. That's exactly what Brett Ottman does, but with a bear hug. Yeah. So Uh I see what you're saying. Like I said, man. But you're fucking wrong. Falling Wh- over is the best thing that could have happened. Worst thing about Fred Ottman is he shaved his fucking mullet. Ooh. Luxur- oh, here's another Go ahead thing i wanted to mention about fred ottman is uh he uh has a weak chin weak chin on that man oh yeah thank you (laughs) cutting edge that's why i say that might be the worst thing about him because uh he looks so dumb when he first comes in the wrestling as the tugboat and he's got just a mustache and you can see he was like i don't ever complain about anything but can i please look like a grown-up on tv not a baby with a mustache taped on its face. <laughs> it's just like, if you want him to be a heel, full beard. If you want him to be a mid-card comedy baby face, mustache. Because I don't care if you're nine foot two, if your face looks like that, it's first thing I think is laughter. He's a weak chin. Like, apparently, they wanted to shave, like, Vince, as part of the big diesel push, wanted to get uh, Kevin Nash to shave his face. Oh, no. Because he thought wrestlers uh he just didn't want to have like a big beard on a guy he wanted like a like a clean cut dude or whatever and kevin nash just was like no i have a weak chin smart and that was it so i'd say the second worst thing about him is his weak fucking chin wow what a terrible man you are ladies and gentlemen what a show that was really good until dylan brought down the tone by being a piece of shit good thing i'm here to make sure that everything goes well because i'm a good man no you're not john can't catch a baseball i how does that sound? I can sometimes. Shut up. I'm going to do a, a very famous wrestler video video, and it's basically I will give a hundred dollars to John every time he catches a baseball that I. Oh, throw. cool! I'm gonna make four hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, 
Well, it's going to be three hours long. So. Still, it made money, though. I still Did I make money? Yeah, I did. I did. So shut up. Ha, 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 ha. No, because I'm going to charge you $100 every time you don't catch the ball. Also, I'll be throwing it from my place where I am in Canada, and you'll be in Australia. So if the ball can't reach you in Australia, then you owe me $100. Guess what? Starting now. No. I, I just threw Fuck one. you. Just hey, threw everyone. One. Thank you for listening to the show. I just threw one. I really enjoyed it. I just threw another one. I don't appreciate the bullying I'm getting from Dylan Gott. Luckily, I can hang up. So, ladies and gentlemen, your friend... Oh, can I... Uh, can I Extend the episode for one second. Yeah. I have a new worst thing about Fred. What's that? Jerry Sags is his brother. Oh, yeah. There it is. Right there. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen. He's he's trapped in hell. Uh, Yeah. No, everyone, uh, every nice thing we said about. Can I lick your wrenches? I I found some uh, grease on there. (laughs) Everything we said about Fred Oppmann is is wrong. (laughs) He hangs out with one of the nasty boys. He's definitely seen one of the nasty boys' <laughs> dick, because you know that he'd show, Hey, the pool party? What do you got doing wearing trunks? There's kids here, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, they got to learn that I got to say it. Hey, how how come you guys don't let me have any alone pool parties with your kid? Ooh, what? Our kids are all 20? That's what I'm talking about. Ooh. They're young, and I can tell them to do stuff. Who wants to kiss me where I pee? N-A-S-T-Y, that's me. Who wants to kiss me where I poo? Yum, <laughs> yum, yum, yum. That's what I do. Hey, you guys want to hang out? Me and Brian are going to yell Pokemon at kids and then throw our underwear. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys always say Pokemon and then they react and then you go, oh, yeah, that makes me go nice, nice. Hey, uh, hey kid, I played a game called Poke Your Mom. That's where I fucked her. <laughs> so let- <laughs> <laughs> that's Thank good you. stuff. I think we should close it on that. Ladies and for the rest of the review, I am Dylan Gott. That's John Hastings. That's me talking as Dylan Gott. I think I'm a dog. Ooh, doctor. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Next week, we'll be doing... Chris D. Hammy. One of the Chris greats in the D. business. Chris D. Hammy. Hammy. <laughs> yes. She was in wrestling for longer than Fred Ottman. Think about that. That's fucking... Horrific. All right, everybody. A whole week, think about Have it. yourself a fucking great day. Bye bye. Bye 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 bye. Tell the people who the secret partner is going to be. All I have to say is. All I have to say is our partner is going to shock the world because he is none other than the Shock Master. Right. The Shock Master. <laughs> I told you. Oh, God. I don't care who you are, boy. I don't give a damn who you are. You're going to have us. You're going to have Van Vader. And we're going to be breathing through your neck. So you're the man that rules the world. They call me the Shockmaster. You've ruled the world long enough, Sid Vicious. Get ready. Come on, you want a piece of me? You want a piece of me? Come and get me. Come after me, Sid. I'm ready. Along with Davy Boy, Sting, and Dusty Rhodes, we'll see you 
at the fall brawl at the war games until then. Obviously, I was there. Obviously. Obviously. Who came up with it? I did. I did. But but it was it. Fred's a great guy. Of course, we he call is. him Uncle Fred. I tell you, I'm gonna tell you the story quickly. Uncle Fred, early in the day, had busted through this wall as a shockmaster on a flare for the goal. Busted through the wall. Everything went good. David Crockett had somebody nail a two before on the bottom of the new wall, which was not there when he busted through the wall the first, first time. time. Okay. <laughs> The voice of Shockmaster was Ole Anderson. He was off in another deal with a microphone. Also, the voice say, of the black school. He had to say, I am the Shockmaster. I'll come to kick somebody's ass. You know what I mean? Well, we're all sitting there laughing, and all of a sudden, the bomb went off, and Fr Uncle Fred, poor Uncle Fred, Uncle Fred bust through. And he hit that two before that David Crockett had put down, down. there to sabotage my ass, had put there, and the shockmaster fell flat on his ass. The helmet rolled off. He fumbled for the helmet, and I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there, what we call a gorilla position, and I'm, I'm started to rumble with the left. They almost had to take me to the hospital. And as he fell, and he found the helmet, and he put it back on, and the summit stood up. <laughs> and only only voice started cracking and I'm the shockmaster. So at home they're watching this on television. All the kids, Cody, young Cody's there with all the kids. They're watching this, and the kids looked at it in fright and they're laughing and they looked at it in fright. And Cody turns around to all the other kids and he says. I think that was Uncle Fred. <laughs> and it was Uncle Fred. And if I'm laughing, the, the skit was over. Uncle Fred came out in front of the gorilla position table, and he knelt down and he flopped that helmet there. And he said, and you I can could, stick this. I couldn't, no, I couldn't even. I couldn't even talk. He used the F word. He said, I effed this up, didn't I? I said, buddy, I laughed so hard. They took me, had to take me to my room. I mean, I was laughing so hard. You it should. was an amazing moment, almost as, as amazing as asked the question. My other one was the gobbledygooker. When I see the gobbledygooker, you was involved in. I, I, I had uh, nothing to do with it. But we have a battle all the time, me and Vince, all the time. Which was the worst? We'll be drinking and having a cocktail together, and he'll say, Shockmaster was the worst. I say, no, the gobbledygooker was the worst. So Shockmaster and Gobbledygooker had to be two of the top of the line, and Uncle Fred with a great hand here, became world tag team champions here. Him and Avalanche, you know, an earthquake, yeah. mm -hmm. did a great job. Hector Guerrero, but that, great guy. Yeah, but that, and, and Hector, great job. But, man, when he bust through and, and, and fell, and I think, I think he said, David Boy said, God rest his soul, I think David Boy said, he fell on his ass, <laughs> but he, you know, which he did.